Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Well, this has been a while, hasn't it? How are you? Um, I am so sorry I disappeared off the face of the earth with no explanation. Um, but I've the next well hour and a half, you'll find out why and what what's been happening in my world for the last year. It's been a year and a couple of weeks since my last podcast was prepared. But I hope you are all good. Thank you if you reached out to me that time to see what on earth was going on um and if you haven't noticed then i'm really glad your life is so full (laughs) and i do not take offense at all but um yeah so here is what i've been doing oh and just quickly welcome to the mum and mama podcast brought to you as always by the lovely golding accountancy wearegolding.com and also the reason, well, one of the reasons I've disappeared recently, our other sponsor is the amazing Proudess. I'm going to tell you all about Proudess in a podcast, no, our next podcast, hopefully, if we record it. Me and my best friend, Nicole, started a business, a hair and beauty care business. I had Nicole on the podcast um, talking about her journey overcoming her cocaine addiction and the trauma that she experienced in her childhood it's over two episodes if you haven't listened to it I would highly recommend you listening to it because she has done something not many people can I think giving up a serious drug addiction completely on her own um and it's just a fantastic story and I can't remember if we spoke a bit about Proudess in that. But anyway, we're going to talk about it more. But Proudess, the the bottom line of it, I guess, for want of a better phrase, is cotton dries your hair out. And if you sleep silky, you sleep on a silky Proudess pillowcase or wrap your hair at night, it transforms your hair. Um, and it's also really good for your skin. They're hypoallergenic. Everyone needs a Proudest pillowcase and you're not going to go wrong wrapping your hair either. We've also just launched silky lined beanies so you can keep your head warm and your hair's not going to stick up when you take it off or it's not going to mat your hair. They're amazing. Anyway, proudest.com, proud, E, triple S.com. We are going to change it to double S. 
but I don't know if that would have been done by the time you hear this, so just to be on the safe side. Anyway, that's enough plugging. Here is, oh, and I got my old mate Scroobius to do this with me because I messaged him and I was like, should I just talk on my own for an hour? Or would it be more funny if I get you involved? And he was, uh, <laughs> he was like, I'm always up for a chat. So here you go. Enjoy it and I'll see you on a the other side. Work. Work. So I don't know if I've told you that I manifested a yoga yoga studio. Oh, right. I don't know if I've told you that. No, you've not told um, me that. Because I love yoga. Yeah. And I don't do it enough because yeah. at my gym, they do like one class a week that I can go to, mm -hmm. which I love. But it's a more, to appeal to like the gym crowd, it's more like of a stretch session rather than a yoga session. And yeah. I do really like the spiritual stuff with mm -hmm. yoga. Am I taking my glasses off? You just no, did, I, yeah. I just did. <laughs> um, but I was like, where I live, there isn't a yoga studio within walking distance, which I mean, obviously I'm very privileged to have a lots of stuff within walking distance of yeah, where yeah, I live. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I was like, I don't want to have to get in the sort of car and drive somewhere because then that just adds time and adds... And for some reason, it feels anti, like, the spiritualness of of yoga. I don't know why. To well, me, exactly. for some reason, dr driving there, it doesn't feel very in touch with the earth as as and walking there does. Yeah. It's everywhere's residence because I live in London. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's just a bit of a ball ache. So I was just thinking, I wish there was a yoga studio that I could just walk to. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, a few weeks ago, um, one opened up just like 10 minutes walk from my house. Amazing. Near Snaresbrook Station called Studio East. Okay, you've doxed yourself it. there. So you're within 10 minutes walk of uh, Studio East. Got you. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anyone who wants to come visit. Just a 10 minute radius. You can do a rough circle there. Just, yeah. Figure it out from there. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, it's really lovely and I love it. So I've done it this morning and I feel really lovely. Ah, great. I've I've been... Um, it just makes me feel better. I've been struggling with yoga recently because I've done my back in. Um, oh, no, and you've done your back in? I did it in exercising a couple of weeks back. And then just as it was getting a bit better, I got the flu. So I was in bed for a few days. And then when I was getting over that, as you know, like when you have to have a break from exercising, you're quite excited to get back. So I jumped straight back into my workout and forgot I'd had a bad back previously and I wrecked it again. So I need to take it nice and slow. But but yeah, I'm not the best at yoga anyway because I'm a big, long idiot. Um, and I'm not that yeah. flexible. So I, I really enjoy it. I enjoy, if I do it regularly, I enjoy the you know how flexible i do get but then um yeah it's um at the moment half of the poses i do feel almost embarrassing because i'm just i'm so far from being because of the of the injury you know but yeah but also yoga is very much about you do things at your own pace yeah. and it is just if you do do it every day mm -hmm. then eventually yeah 100 percent improve yeah you know i was doing it every day eating, I, I suppose i got into it when I was in isolation in Canada and my brother sent me a couple of videos to do these yes. specific uh, uh, sun, sun salutation A and sun salutation B 
and it was just really good for keeping sane as well in kind of in an Airbnb yes. on your own. I was doing it every day and got far more flexible than when I started. And yeah. How long were you there for? Was it like eight months? Or yes, something? just over seven months. Yeah. Wow. And I still didn't get that flexible, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> it all feels like a bit of a weird dream now, doesn't it? All that. Yeah. I mean, it, shut up in the house and. It's weird, yeah, it's weird how quickly time flies and how quickly things passed, which, you know, lead us nicely on to. It's been a while since you did a podcast, isn't it? It's been a year since. I mean, I did actually record with Leon and Cy Solve Nothing a couple of weeks ago, and that was the first time I'd done anything podcast-wise for... Well, it's about a year now. It's weird, isn't it? Because I don't know. It's again just to to keep the comparison to COVID alive. It feels longer and shorter than that all at once. If you know what I mean, somehow it feels like it's been years. Like your podcast seems so far in the distance. If you know what I mean, but it's because of how much you've been through in that in that year. I guess. Yeah, a lot has happened, and I kind of that's why I wanted because I've I've really missed doing the podcast. Mm -hmm. And I, I never thought that I was going to stop doing it. It just all kind of happened, really. Yeah. Um, but I felt like I wanted to come back to it. But I did feel like I wanted to kind of explain what's been going on because yeah. I did just it did just disappear. Yeah. And I did have a few people reach out and be like, "Oh, you, <laughs> what's going on?" What's going on? Where have you gone? So I just kind of wanted to explain. But I did. I said to you, "Should I?" Because I was talking to um, Buddy Peace about it. I mean, this was months ago now. And he was saying, just go in, go for a nice walk, sit in a nice field and record it. Mm. Because people like the background of yeah, yeah. birds and stuff. And I thought, oh, yeah, I can do that. But then obviously that's just not happened. And now it's too cold for me to be going and sitting yeah. <laughs> in a field. Um, so I was like, would you want to? Because I just thought it might be a bit weird if I'm kind of just saying, so this is... Oh, it's good to have. It's good to have prompts and things as as well, isn't it? It's a bit. It makes sure you cover everything a bit clearer and more specifically. So, yeah. Well, so we did my last podcast. I had to pull because the woman that I did it with mentioned a member of her family who wasn't very happy about what she said. Mm. So, like the literally the day it got released. Um, or the day after it got released, I had an email from a person basically saying that they wanted it to be taken down or they'd be taking legal action or something. I mean, I, to be honest, I was a mm, bit like... I remember that. Whatever she said wasn't yeah. that bad anyway. It was all complete. But I was like, I don't really want to get involved in this. I heard it before but it I, got taken down. And just from my kind of outside perspective i have this with hardcore listen every now and then when they tell stories and fully name people it's always that worry or or when it's clear who they're talking about it's always that concern because there is kind of a gray line in podcasting in in the media you you tend to have to reach out to people like it's why all documentaries will always have we reached out to this person and they had no comment or at time of yeah. broadcast, we haven't heard anything. There's, there's always those kind of things. Cause that is the yeah. kind of the etiquette there and podcasting has no, no, <laughs> no specific no. etiquette. So I, yeah. When I was, cause I had to edit it because it was quite a sensitive podcast. Mm. So I had edited it and I do remember thinking, should I cut that out? Mm. Because it was, it wasn't really 
relevant to anything. It was just basically her moaning about someone, really. But I kind of, <laughs> yeah. I sent it to her and she'd okayed it. And I thought, well, it's her story. Yeah, yeah of course. You know. But obviously, so I, as soon as I got this email, I let the um, person know and she was like, just take it down. Because I was like, I can edit it. I can now re-edit it and just cut that bit out. Um, yeah. But she was like, no, just take it all down. So I was like, fair enough. So then that oh, happened. Drama. And I'd kind of lined up a couple of guests and everyone had just blown me out for whatever reason, you know. Mm. And and then I was having all my health issues. So I was waiting basically for an appointment with the hospital that I'd been put under, UCLH, about my endometriosis and cysts. Mm-hmm. And I had a phone call from them to say that I needed to have, they were, they were going to review my case, but it was probably going to be a few months um, until I had this appointment, basically. But they were going to deal with it. And then I just basically wasn't well. Mm. I just, my health issues meant that I kept, I kept getting pains and just generally I just felt a bit crappy. And where it was coming up to Christmas, I mean, everyone's, busy but I was a bit like maybe this break has been maybe I just need to take a break for a minute Mm. and I didn't intend to not do it I just thought because previous to that whenever I didn't have a guest lined up or I wasn't sure what was going on there was a certain amount of panic or like I've really got to sort this out because this Mm. is really important Mm. but at this time it was just a bit like do you know what maybe maybe this is the universe or when you've got any kind of take a break yeah when you've got any kind of extended chronic pain or illness or whatever i do think any pressures you can take off yourself it's wise to take them off anything that you're in control of and things like the podcast as much as it's it's fun and it's it is important i think you've had some amazingly important conversations on here it is something that's it is a pressure that you're in control of at least that you can turn around and go and with your kids with work with all these other things you you're not in control of that so you can't take those pressures off so i think yeah and i know at that point it was building and building pain wise but that was also getting on top of you mental health wise because it is relentless and you do start to kind of go oh for fuck's sake where's you know when's this going to end when's this going to get fixed so yeah i think it's an important bit of self-care to go yes, well yeah. here's some pressure yeah. I'm, I'm i'm in control of i'm gonna stop yeah. that to kind of relieve everything else a little bit because i did also around this time have started a business with my best friend mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> because you know i'm not doing enough yeah yeah so i thought <laughs> why not but i'll talk more about that yeah we'll get into that later um and then Christmas came and I was unfortunately very sick over Christmas. Yeah. And while I was sick over Christmas, I kind of made some decisions with regards to my personal situation with my children and their father. And we'll get into that as well. Which, there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of bullet points that here well. that we're it was just, yeah. we're putting aside and we'll come so, back to it. <laughs> there was there was all that and then it was just it was basically I just felt like I was waiting for this operation Mm -hmm. and so the whole year I had I ended up no I'm lying I'd already I'd so I'd been told that I was going to have my hysterectomy 
in the December. Yeah. So I'm getting I'm getting mixed up. I'm sure it was originally like so end of November and then it moved moved to December and then it was, I'd had I'd had the phone call previous November saying that I was gonna get sorted out. I had an appointment the following June, mm-hmm. which was last June, which said that it should be about six months. So in my head I'm thinking it's December. Mm-hmm. So now I'm on the phone. I got a phone call from the hospital because I'm I'm in contact with them emailing them. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't really getting any response. And I was just saying, look, obviously it's coming up to Christmas. I've not heard anything. I assumed that I'd get some notice of having major major surgery, you know, a bit closer to the week before. And I got a phone call in the November saying, have you started your uh, injections yet? And I was like, what injections? And they were like, you need to have estrogen blocking injections before you have the hysterectomy Mm -hmm. because they basically need to stop the spread of the endometriosis because the endometriosis feeds on estrogen. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think it just makes everything shrivel up a bit. Mm. So it's easier to get out, essentially. Yeah. So I was like, no, I don't know about this. So then I found out I needed to have these injections for at least three months. So obviously that was going to then set the surgery back to February. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, February is only another couple of months. I've waited this long, you know. So then... I started having the injections and I was okay because I was a bit worried because they put you into a false menopause and Mm -hmm. I was just worried that I was just going to become a nutcase. Mm. Um, But I didn't. And my kids actually said that I seemed to be happier. Yeah. But I don't know if it was the fact that I felt like I was on the path to the end now because I'd started the injections and I thought, well, I've got to have the injections are for three months so they've got. I've got to have the surgery in three months, you yeah. know, because I've, they've started me on the path. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't. I've always had problems with my hormones. Maybe my uh, my estrogen. I have made too much estrogen or something. I don't know. So I I was all right. I was a bit more emotional. I was going to say it still like impacted you, didn't it? Still, yeah, it did. It, it but again, that's negatively. It's hard to gauge. As as I yeah, it it's hard to gauge if that was yeah. the stress of everything else or a direct well, result yes. of you know. If it keeps getting pushed yeah. back, then it's it's hard to say. Is the yeah. is is the estrogen j- jabs affecting me, or is the fact that I thought this was going to be over by now affecting yeah. me? Yeah. Can I just pause you though, um, and can we rewind back because yes. you've kind of jumped into the hysterectomy straight kind of off the bat how was that as as a decision like when because again with the endometriosis it was kind of discussed for a long time of what the options are and you kind of had to almost fight a bit to get put down for the hysterectomy right and because again it's a big thing as a woman it's a big decision to make so how was that for you but I, when I was in hospital the year before, when I was in hospital for a week, in the most pain I've ever been in in my entire life, mm. I just remember thinking, I just want everything out. That's all I want is everything out. I don't, I'm not having any more babies. Yeah. I'm 45 now. Mm. So I'm heading into the menopause relatively soon, regardless. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not worried about taking HRT. I wasn't even worried about the surgery, really. I just wanted an end to it. Mm. And I knew that if they, through doing podcasts and talking to people about endometriosis, I knew that um, if they were to just drain the cysts and get rid of the cysts, because I had I had two, well, I had one 10 centimetre cyst and then two other cysts, which basically made 
10 centimetres that were touching mm. on my ovaries that were bending my ovaries in front of my womb. So if you imagine when you look at a picture of a uterus, you kind of, there's the ovaries are kind of on the outside pointing out mm -hmm. like, like a deer's head almost, like antlers. Yeah. Do, you, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But because the cysts were so big, like the cysts were bigger than my actual uterus. Right, wow. Like, individually yeah. and they bent my ovaries so they were round in front of my uterus so one of the doctors actually said we don't understand why you're not in pain the whole time mm. um which i wasn't so that, you know that's great yeah but so this was at one hospital they were willing to drain the cysts and get rid of them and then lay they laser the endometriosis off mm -hmm. but that doesn't then mean to say in a few years, I won't be back in the same boat because the cysts and the endometriosis will just come back. Yeah, yeah. But then the hospital that I asked to get to refer to, which was UCLH, had said, we can do that or we can just take everything out. Yeah. And we do recommend that as a as what to do, basically, because then that just means you have one surgery and it's done. Whereas if you have the stuff removed and the laser and then it comes back, then you've got to have another surgery mm. or... You know, and again, I, I, I so can I understand how it's on their part. They have to make sure you're certain on it, and it's a big, big decision in a lot of situations. But as you say, you're into your forties. You've got two great kids. They cost enough as it is, so there's no particular plan to <laughs> emotionally or financially. There's no particular yeah. plan to to have anymore you are raising them on your own essentially so again there's things like that where it i guess it kind of made it an easier decision that, that it might be for some women um at, oh, in the same situation or at the same age or whatever else it's like you've, enough, you're done with it you're done with all that inside uh, stuff exactly and at, the, at the, my gym there's a calf opposite and i know them in there and i went in and obviously i've not been there for mm. pretty much this whole year mm. And um, one of the girls, I've kind of said, I've told them what I've had done. And one of the girls said that she's basically in the same situation. Now, she's young. I don't know how old she is, but I'd say she was late 20s. Mm. But she suffers terribly with her endometriosis. But I was a bit like, obviously, if you want to have a family, you don't have the option to have a hysterectomy. Mm. But I don't really know what else they can do. So in my, it was an easy decision for me yeah. because I'd... But I did, when she said to me that I could have the hysterectomy, there was a bit of me that was like, oh. And I did a dance class recently and she was, she's all very much about female empowerment and touching your fanny and everything. And, and she was saying about something about your ovaries. And I was like, oh, I haven't got any. Mm. <laughs> you know, it is, mm. even though I don't feel any less of a woman or a mother or anything, it is a bit weird when I actually really think about it. Yeah. It is a bit weird. No, like I haven't got a no, cervix anymore. Yeah. No matter how. I had how, a letter from my doctor about having a smear test. And I was like, I phoned him up. I was like, I haven't got a cervix. Yeah. So. I can ring the hospital you know. up and see if they've still got it and you can have a look there. But yeah. <laughs> I was going to think, should I just book in and then see how long they take to figure out that they can't? I don't know where it's gone. It's interesting though, because I think you're right there. No matter how rational and comfortable you are with it, you've still grown up in a society that in some way puts so much of womanhood on those things. So there's yes. going to be some level of subconscious kind of, Oh, Oh, you know, that's a bit, yeah. that's a bit different, isn't it? No matter how much you, you can rationalize it and, and, 
and yeah. all that. So I understand there being some level of it's weird, isn't it? I've not got those bits anymore. I mean, it's another discussion altogether, but it goes into the ludicrousness of how we define what a woman is in. Uh, yeah, you know, and it did. I did. I was a bit like, oh, it... I mean, obviously, I know that I'm a woman, and I know that all that stuff doesn't matter. But it was still a bit like, oh, but mm. what makes a woman then? Yeah, in some people's in eyes, some people's eyes, know, exactly. Because I don't have those bits. Yeah, and I was a bit like, oh, what's going to happen to the space? <laughs> You think, because you think it's such a big, I mean, it's such a small thing. Yeah. But because it is, you think it's such a big thing because of what it can do and yeah. what it means. And I was expecting like this gaping hole. Yeah. <laughs> and everything might just fall it's out gonna be nothing's keeping it up. Far more hungry. You're going to be far hungrier all the time because <laughs> there's just this gap to yeah. fill. Well, I don't have to go to the toilet as much. Yeah. Because obviously my bladder's got more room. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. And... When, um, so, I mean, obviously, as women get older, your pelvic floor muscles and, and especially after having children as well, if mm-hmm. you have natural births, it can screw your bladder control and stuff. And during, during the week before I got my period, I couldn't do, I couldn't jump with my legs open. So at the gym. And you love like jumping with your legs open. Such is one of your main things, isn't it? <laughs> I could jump with my legs sharp, but I couldn't jump with them open. So you imagine like skipping or star jumps or plate jumps or whatever. I just couldn't do it because I'd essentially wet myself. But what someone said was it's because your womb is filled with blood, your bladder has less room and therefore can't contain. Wow. Because it was literally just the week before I got my period. Yeah, The rest of the time I was fine. Yeah. So obviously I don't have that issue anymore. Yeah. Although... I haven't really tested it out properly because I'm still not really back at the gym properly. Yeah. But as far as I, so far, so good. And, and you know, you need to build up to these big milestones, don't you? Well, you need exactly. to make a big deal of the first day you get to jump with your legs open again. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe do it on Christmas or New Year's Day. New Year's Eve at midnight. New big Eve big jump with your legs open just to, yeah. <laughs> to to see how it all works. <laughs> oh, but yeah. So going back, yes. So I had these injections for three months. So I had them. I booked all in at the doctors, mm-hmm. and I think when I was getting my last one, she was like, "Oh, have you got a date or whatever for your surgery?" And I was a bit like, "Well, not yet, no." So she was like, "Do you want to make another appointment just in case?" Because I had to carry on having the injections. I couldn't then stop because if I did stop, I'd have to then wait and then start them again and have them for three months before I had the surgery. And I did say to her, how long can I have them for? Because they're they're usually used for treating cancer patients. Right. Because they stop, because cancer, certain cancers feed off estrogen. Mm. So some people would have them if they had cancer. I don't think that she'd given them to anyone before for my because I was having hysterectomy. Hmm. Um, but she did say you can carry on. There's no like end date, really, because I was thinking I could probably... I didn't know if I could only have them for three months. Hmm. Anyway, so I got in touch with the doctors, and she said that my I'd been penciled in for a date in May. So I was like, well, I've had these injections, so surely I should be getting seen in February. But she was like, well, you're penciled in for May. So to have more injections which I did have 
my I basically had my hysterectomy happened on the seventh date that I was given. I was going to say, talk to me a little bit about getting that news because I know it hit you f- fucking hard initially because you'd again you'd kind of got through Christmas and that with the fact that it's happening in Feb and then Feb, yeah. although May isn't that far like on the grand scheme of things it's not that much further yeah. but it's a lot further when you're already kind of but it was already, behind what you were expecting it was nearly six months later than december yeah which is what i'd been told originally mm. i think that the thing for me was i completely understand i understand the nhs is in crisis I know it's not the woman who was phoning me up every time telling me that my surgery had been moved. Mm. It wasn't her fault. And I really pity her for having to do the job that, job that she does, is having to tell people in my situation or in, in worse. I mean, the first time it got moved, she told me that it was because they'd, they had patients, like cancer patients or patients that were in more serious condition than mm. I was. And I was, I, of course I understand that. But mm. start open with that. We're really sorry, but your surgery's been cancelled because we've had to treat people that are in worse situation than you. That's fine. I understand that. Rather than just, your date's been moved <laughs> yeah. for another two months, you know, because then you just get angry and upset. And it's, and... it's tough, isn't it? Because as much as you can... And again, we've talked a lot over this period about fucking good, God bless the NHS fuck the Tories for, for putting them yeah. in such a crisis. Yes. But yeah. equally, I can also see, I know I spoke to you kind of in despair, kind of saying, look, I know I'm being pushed for more important stuff, but I am a single mum r- raising two kids on my own. Yeah. So when I have these moments of huge pain, I'm kind of f- fucked because I can't look after the kids. Yeah. I have to go to hospital. I have to hope that someone is around to take the kids in. I think in every yeah. every time you've had to go to hospital, it's been your sister or your parents. You've been yes. lucky l- 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 enough that they've been around because their dad hasn't necessarily been around on yes. that short notice or whatever else. Yeah. So it's not like you're just having it out of choice. Like it is a yeah. necessity and it is important. So I can understand how it's tough because you can... At the same time, go, all right, other people need it more, I get it. But then at a certain point, you also have to go, but I need it too. (laughs) Like, like, I I do need it. Like, in the end, I was like, I appreciate that, obviously, I'm not as sick Mm. as some other people are. But my situation is that I'm the sole carer for my children. Mm. I'm self-employed. So when I'm sick, I'm not getting paid if I'm not working. You know, and... I, do, I can't wait any longer. Plus, I've been having these injections for, yeah. you know, however, however long. Um, one of them did get ch- get moved. I think my last date got moved because of the doctor's strike, which, again, I was in full support of the doctor's strikes, and I was yeah. like, I'm not going to moan about that. But even so, it's still heartbreaking. Yeah. <laughs> that I've, you know, because I think it was... I The thing that did me was that... I, I was just in, not in any control of of what was happening. That I, I needed it to happen because it was affecting my life to such great extent. I couldn't make any plans to do anything mm. socially because every time I made a plan, I got sick and I couldn't do it. So yeah. I, I, I just didn't. I didn't go out. I, I stopped going to the gym. 
I think Christmas Eve was my last time I went to the gym because I was then I was sick over Christmas and it took me a long time to get over that and then I actually that's a lie I think I, I did like a week in February where I kind of felt all right and then my mm. pain started again and then so basically that was it I just I didn't I hadn't worked out which now I've gone back to exercising I realize how much of an effect it has on my mental health I mean there's mm -hmm. a lot of things which I'll talk about which have I've kind of gone back to since I've had the surgery but exercise really does help me mm. so I wasn't doing that it was the uncertainty of of if because I was constantly leaving not knowing if I was going to get pain that day and end up going back to hospital or how many how much codeine I was going to have to take mm -hmm. and I just felt shit for the kids because I don't want to get emotional they it really affected them mm. like sorry no when do you know I was worried about me having the surgery because the time that I was really bad and I went into hospital and they were here and they saw how much pain I was in that was really hard for them obviously mm. because it's hard when you see a parent upset and in that much pain and that not knowing what was going to happen to me and even though my surgery was going to correct all of that mm. it's still quite a scary thing obviously going into the hospital and and I suppose they didn't know whether, even though I was like, once I've had this surgery, I'm going to be fine. But they might have not really realised that because what if I have the surgery and something else goes wrong? Or what if I have the surgery and it, it doesn't work? Or, you know. And they're kids. So They're kids. Exactly. There's not as they're much rationalising anyway. For an adult, it's hard to go, well, there's a good chance it's all going to be okay. For yeah. a kid, it's like you're going to, you've got no control over how you feel about that yeah. and in that situation and it was just the day-to-day -day, like you know i get little twinges of pain and they're just like oh you're all right and i'm like yeah it's probably nothing and to be honest I, w I was in hospital twice i was admitted twice and the last time would it have been two it would have been two years ago would it be mm. two years ago it wasn't last yeah it wasn't last november it was the november before so it's been a long time that i haven't been in that much pain because I have been able to manage it at home, thankfully. Mm. Yeah. And I don't know if I've just got used to it. I don't really understand how pain works. It was when I had my surgery, the consultant came to see me the next day. And she said that the she doesn't understand how I wasn't, how I carried on, basically, mm. because it was so fucked when she looked in there. Yeah. But my, my ovaries were being twisted by the cysts. That was what the pain was. Mm. So, and that, it, it was just, it was just absolutely awful. But I don't know if, I don't know if my body did just get used to it. Because mm. it still would have been happening, mm. I imagine. Maybe it wasn't happening. But then I it's the know. uncertainty of it, isn't it? I know that was a big thing that troubled you a lot at the time as well, of not knowing. Like, you can't explain any of it. Yeah. Like, if they're saying yeah. you should be in more exactly. pain, and then you're not, and then you are, and then you're not, and then you are. It's like, well... Yeah. You, you, they can't understand it, so you're certainly not going to be able to understand it. And that, that was the, that was the thing that I found my most frustrating is no one could really answer any of my questions. Mm. <laughs> I couldn't get a date for when I was going to have the surgery. No one knew why it hurt so much. No one knows why I've got or had massive cysts and endometriosis. You know, it's just a lot of we don't mm. know, but we're going to help. I mean, they did help, and it was I had an amazing experience at the hospital. I was. 
in surgery for four hours. I was expecting it was going to be an hour. Yeah. And I'd be back doing the school run on Monday, well, but it was it was all a lot more than. <laughs> before before we get into the surgery, I need to tell you something, and I'm going to send you a timestamp for this because you need to rewatch the video of this back and maybe post it on socials. Because when you started cr- crying, I don't know why, some kind of filter came on your Zoom and fireworks started going off around you. <laughs> no word of a lie. Genuinely fireworks started exploding. I th- don't know if it's because you found your fate or something, but I'm sitting here trying to be nice and supportive as you're in tears and genuinely fireworks are going off around you on the screen. It's- when you do a two thumbs up, I think. Oh, right. They start. There we go. Oh, no, oh, there's no, a. That's just come up as a thumbs up. So maybe I do a way. You did something, and it was just such insane timing that it just caused. <laughs> I was on a Zoom call the other day, and by the end of it, it was all like really like, holistic and stuff, and I did something, and all fireworks went off. Yeah. Anyway, so it was just something. it was just amazing timing that you're getting very emotional, and I'm. You know, emotional too, because you're my I dear know, friend and the girls mean a lot, but just trying not to laugh as fireworks start going off. But yeah. But that is one thing about that is it's interesting that I I feel more sad about what I've been through when I feel how it affected the girls. The girls, yeah. And it's like I don't have that sympathy. I mean, I do have sympathy yeah. for myself, yeah. but I, it, it affects me more when I think about how sad it was for mm-hmm. them. I was, I, mean? I was talking about this. I recorded a podcast with Rosie Marcel recently, and I was there was numerous points where she has done stuff because of her daughter and for her daughter, which she you should do for yourself anyway. Or Nick Frost is a prime example. He's lost a load of weight recently, and it's because he doesn't like the idea of dying young and leaving his kids without a dad. And it's like, well. I didn't want you to die young either. Like you know, you should be looking after yourself for you. But it's mad it how that stuff hits you, isn't it? That yeah, yeah. it means all the more. You need but, a reason other than yourself to do something or feel something. Yeah, or, yeah, it's yeah. weird. But let's g- 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 get on to the surgery then, because it was a lot. It went well, but it was a lot. You it had to recover. Well. You know, um, I was on your case constantly all- of taking, not rushing anything. Yes, you were. And I didn't. Well, I know I did. Actually, that's a complete You did. Lie. Yeah, yeah, you did. So I, UCLH was amazing. It's like a private hospital. You can ask to get referred anywhere. Mm. Get referred to UCLH. It's, it's lovely. Um, I mean, it's, you can't drive there or anything because it is smack bang in the centre of the West End. But it's it's it was so nice. All the staff were lovely. Um, sorry, you might hear the cat now purring. I've got a kitten. She purrs yeah. really loudly. Um, so yeah, the surgery went fine. I got there. I think I, I had to do a bowel prep. Have you ever done one of those? No. Oh god, you don't want to. What was it? I, do, I, I do might do. The, well, you just basically you have to. It, it, it empties your bowel, so you just have you just sit on the toilet. I had to do it for twenty four hours before, um, and that was just awful because you just you can't have anything left in you. Right. So that was not pleasant. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did that the day before and then I had to go in, I think I had to be in for 11 or half 10 and I just sat there for quite a long time. I don't think I got called, I think I got called down at four and I just remember thinking, 
when the doctors did finally come to see me, I just thought if they say now they can't do it because I haven't got time, I don't know what I'm going to do because I can't go through the bowel prep again. Yeah. I'll just have to not eat anything yeah. until, until, <laughs> until until they're they ready. Yeah. And funnily enough, there was a woman on my ward the next day who'd been in that situation. She'd got she was there at seven thirty in the morning. At seven thirty at night, they told her that it couldn't happen that day, so she'd been called mm. back the next week. And but thankfully, it'd been done the next week. But anyway, yeah. So the surgery went really well. I had. I had some on my appendix, which they had to get rid of, endometriosis. Mm-hmm. The cysts, they got out. Everything, Yeah, everything went fine. But yeah, it was four hours long and I was just really shocked that it took so long. I thought it, I just, I didn't really know what I thought, but I just thought it'd be about an hour and then that'd be it. But it's also weird it that you don't really long. know going in, isn't it? Because of how rushed it all is and because of how much of just a th- thing it is, they don't really tell you it's going to be a fault. They tell yeah. you when you're going to be in it. I remember that because you didn't know if, w- 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 like with the girls, you didn't know when you were going to be out, how long you were going to be yes. in. Yeah. They were well, saying, they it, again, you know. I think they said it'd be a day, maybe two days, depending. Also, they don't really know until they go in to know what it's like because yeah. the endometriosis is quite sticky so if things are stuck together yeah. it obviously takes them a bit longer to mm. but luckily I didn't have anything on my bowel because then that can cause issues and it, it went as well as it could have done mm-hmm. so I'm very grateful for that but I had like I wasn't I mean I didn't come out of the surgery till like 8 o'clock on the I think it was a Tuesday yeah or, Tuesday or, night. or that's what I mean more kind of like you knew that the girls would be with your sister or whomever for yes. a couple of days, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's that thing of you text when you're going in, and yeah. then when people yeah, yeah, don't yeah. hear from you, it's a panic. Or, or you yes. were texting yeah, for ages yeah, yeah. because it took yeah. them longer to get to you, didn't it? You were kind of, yeah. I'm head. I think I'm heading in now, and then like six hours later, it's like yeah. still hanging about, still, yeah. still waiting. Still so, are. but as but said, yeah, no, it, was... it did go well. Um, it did go well. One of the things that we talked about a little bit was the pressure that people are put under because of, I don't want to call it school gate conversations, but just general conversations that you're someone always knows someone who was up on their feet in a couple of days and they're fine. And my dad had this with his surgery. He, he heard someone else at the park had had it. And he, like when he had his hip done that they were up and, and back to normal within a week. So when it took him longer, it was harder. And it's a similar, I I swear that happens with every damn surgery is there's always some, it's never the person you actually know. It's a friend of a friend who was up on their feet in no time. So how was all of that? How was the recovery physically and then kind of yeah the mental side well, of it with in... with pressures like that yeah well i'm it took i was in for two days mm. but I, so i came home on the thursday but i wanted to come home because even though i didn't i felt all right but i just i wanted to be at home i wanted to see the kids mm. my sister we'd agreed arranged for her to move in for a week anyway so yes. she could be me for the week yeah so and she did a I fantastic impression, to be fair. She did, she did do a fantastic <laughs> impression. Um, so that was fine. I came home and I was all right. I mean, I had 
on hospital in when I was in hospital, I was attached to a morphine drip, mm-hmm. which I could basically press whenever I wanted morphine. I didn't press it. I didn't need morphine. I was fine. I had this. Such I had, a waste. I'm so angry at you I for know. That. the fun you could have had <laughs> I in there. I don't. Morphine makes me sick. I'm not good with right as much as I needed it when I had my cyst pain previous. That was the only thing that got yeah. me to the pain. It still made me feel very sick. I, it's not. It's not for I you. I've become a heroin addict. Yeah. It's um, good news. Thankfully. Yeah, it's yeah. It's another update um, for the listeners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um uh, yeah, I had like an essentially an epidural. They injected my spine with some painkiller which I think lasted twenty four hours. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have any I had paracetamol and ibuprofen in the hospital. I did start feeling a bit painy and asked if I could have some codeine. Mm-hmm. But the nurse said I couldn't have codeine. I could only have paracetamol or ibuprofen or morphine. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I don't really want morphine. But yeah. I, d- I didn't really understand that. But anyway, whatever. So I did actually go to press the morphine thing because I was like, oh, fuck it, I might as well have some morphine then. And it didn't work. Right. <laughs> so they kind of came round and I was a bit like, do you know what? Don't worry. They were trying to figure it out, but whatever. So, um, so yeah, so I just came home. I had some codeine at home from when I had my pain stuff anyway. So I took that, I think, for about a week. And then my sister went home. And then I kind of, yeah. I was told by the doctors mm-hmm. not to do any heavy lifting. So obviously I wasn't going to do any deadlifts or gym workouts. But I started hoovering and cleaning and cooking dinner and doing the washing. And, you know, as I do, because I'm, I mean... To be fair, have I said to be fair a lot? No, I don't think so. Okay. That's good. Um, Lola and Juno, my daughters, are absolutely amazing. And I'm not going to get emotional again. They're such a credit to me, which I do accept now, but they're so lovely. And Lola cooks the dinner. She doesn't wash up very well. And she makes such a fucking mess when she's in the kitchen, which I don't understand how she can make so much mess, but she does. But they they are amazing, and they did really help me. But I, you, you like things done a certain way, you know. And so I was just kind of carrying on, but I didn't do anything that felt too strenuous. Yeah. But then I started bleeding, and I just started feeling a bit shitty. So I went to the doctors because you are you can bleed afterwards for a couple mm-hmm. of months, but I hadn't really bled, and this was fresh blood. I think mm. was it fresh blood? was fresh but and I was just a bit I just thought well I'd rather be safe than sorry so I went to the doctor and she said have you been taking it easy and I said yeah and she said have you been doing what have you been doing housework and I was like well a little bit and she's like you can't do anything yeah. you can't do anything at all you've just got to be again that's the thing I was, was on like, your case at, about oh. the most because you were like no I'm only doing the things I have to but it is it's one of them where it's like look the house can be a bit messier for a few weeks you know it is it, it is yeah. what it is it's I know it's not easy but as you say, there's certain things you like that done a specific way that can't be a priority at at, at this I, time. It was more if I'd had pain, I wouldn't have yeah, done it. But sure. when I felt all right, yeah. I just didn't really see the issue with it. But obviously it's all internal, mm. it's all the stitches inside. So she said basically I'd given myself an infection and probably ripped my stitches. That's why I was bleeding. Right. So she was like, just don't do anything. In hindsight, if I'd have known I was going to be in surgery for four hours, I would have asked Sarah to stay for two weeks. Right. Or 
you know, figured it out a bit better. Mm -hmm. But I just really thought that I was going to be okay. Yeah. Where it was keyhole surgery, if I'd been cut open, then I definitely would have mm. known that I would have needed to rest more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I basically then had my mum and dad coming round. <laughs> my 80-year-old parents mm. <laughs> coming round and, you know, hoovering and doing some dinners. Yeah. And I mean, like, like I said, Lola cooked the dinner. It was, yeah, it was fine. I think... I, I, I can't remember how long that was for now. Maybe four weeks, maybe. Because mm -hmm. I think it was, I think they said I, it was six or eight weeks that I couldn't work out for. So I kind of just rested for like maybe six weeks. Yeah. I don't know. Um, And then I also, because I had everything removed, so my ovaries and everything, I had to go straight on to HRT. Because, well, yeah, because you have to. Because I hadn't, I had to wait for four weeks, I think, after the surgery before I could start taking it because I had to make sure that I didn't have cancer. Mm -hmm. Because if you have cancer, you can't take HRT. And HRT is is hormone replacement therapy, right? Hormone so it's it's therapy, it's yeah. because your organs that previously produced loads of hormones yes. aren't there anymore, and like anything, yes. you can't. Yeah kind of go cold turkey on that you you know you have to yeah. kind of balance things out which again i kind of felt all right mm -hmm. before i started taking the hrt um i was quicker to anger and quicker to get emotional um but apart from that i was all right really mm. but i so i'd started taking the hrt and touch wood i'm i'm really all right i feel really all right i still am i feel more sensitive emotionally mm -hmm. i think i'm more empathetic like i feel like i feel other people's pain mm. more <laughs> um, again it's a tough one to gauge because the world is all the more fucked than it was <laughs> Well, <laughs> so so yes. there's a lot, yeah. there's a lot more to feel, but yeah, I feel you. And I've also started microdosing as well, so I don't know if that's got anything to do. with So what's the that? microdosing? Tell me a little bit about it. <laughs> Talk to me about microdosing. So about, I'm going to say about a year ago, maybe maybe eighteen months ago, my friend Naomi, who I have had on the podcast, mm -hmm. and I'm going to have her on the podcast again to talk about microdosing because we didn't talk about microdosing this time. She, we were just chatting and she, she was telling me about it. She was like, I've started microdosing. I feel like it's helped me with my anxiety. And microdosing what? And I just feel a lot. Can you let me know? Mushrooms. Mushrooms, okay. Yeah, mushrooms. Um, can you microdose? Of course you can microdose yeah, anything, microdose can't absolutely you? I anything. Say microdosing yeah. and Again, that's why it was good, yeah. good to, to clarify because people microdose um weed and there can be, yeah, just all sorts of different things can be, yeah. can be microdosed. Well, this is mushrooms mm -hmm. so she'd yeah she'd got into it and she'd done some research and she's now trained in it she's gone and done a course and she's now like a coach microdosing coach mm -hmm. or something um but yeah she just said that her mind was a lot clearer so 18 months ago this was before my surgery and my whole and my hrt i was having perimenopause symptoms do you remember after covid i thought i said to you that i thought i was getting alzheimer's mm. and you told me that i was an idiot because everyone felt like that because of covid yeah. but i think it was the probably perimenopause yeah. so just i can't remember anything 
I can't think of words. My brain fog was awful. Mm. My memory's always been pretty shocking anyway. Um, but I was, I was definitely having some of those symptoms and I just thought it just sounded really attractive to me. So she set me up with some tablets to try, which I'm quite sensitive to drugs. I don't need a lot of mm. stuff. <laughs> So at cheap first, it was too much at first. I could. <laughs> I am very cheap date, especially now. I don't drink at all. I'm cheapest date. Um, she. It was too much. I felt like my brain was being squeezed. Okay. I felt fine. I didn't feel like I wasn't buzzing, yeah. but I just knew that I'd taken something and felt a mm-hmm. bit oh. Because um, I've never actually done mushrooms. I've done acid mm-hmm. years ago, and I loved acid. Mm-hmm. That was my favourite. But I've never actually done mushrooms. Like a. a a lot of it's the same but different um, isn't it it's yeah it's a really yeah it's yeah. yeah mushrooms scared me i think because it wasn't like with when you did acid you knew how much you were doing mm. but mushrooms it was a bit of an unknown yeah and i never knew anyone that did yeah. that so i was never kind of given the opportunity and pl- they were supposed to really stink as well oh, they taste horrible too very, yeah, they're yeah exactly so that was never really attractive you you um, can tell how much i loved hallucinating by knowing how picky an eater i am and yet I would put myself through having mushrooms. <laughs> that, yeah. For a long time, the only mushrooms I'd ever eaten were were magic mushrooms. Yeah. Magic. Do you like mushrooms in general? They've grown on me now, not literally. Um, okay, yeah. But Ian, Ian has, has got me into them a bit because he's obviously a good okay. cook. So previously, yeah. if mushrooms were in a dish, I'd, I'd flick them off, wouldn't go for them. But now... Or, or if I'm ordering and I can remove them, I now try not to remove them because I'm like, no, this is just my own, you know, yeah. psychological thing. But do you actually like them when you yeah. eat them? Yeah, or there's been loads of dishes Ian's done that they, they, they're lovely as as part yeah. of it. But I don't think I'd eat a mushroom on, like yeah, if, it, yeah. if I was getting a fry up, well, I, doubt, like, I doubt I'd be, be tucking into mushrooms Ooh. in a fry up. But yeah, as part of a dish, I now concede that they can be a positive. But yeah, anyway, oh. that's not what we're here to talk about. <laughs> Um, yeah, so she started me off a bit, and it was all right, but I didn't really feel any major shift. Mm-hmm. And then she said that she put me onto these chocolates. So they've got more lion's mane in them, mm-hmm. which I don't think the tablets that she was giving me had lion's mane. And lion's mane is the brain mm-hmm. one. It's supposed to be good to, for your receptors in your brain. I don't really know. I'm going to talk to her on the podcast because I don't really yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. She's just told me to take it, and I'm taking it. And I feel fantastic. That's good. I feel really good. It's great. My brain fog isn't as bad as it was. Generally, I just feel I'm in a really good mood. I mean, I did always kind of used to generally be in a good mood. I'm quite chipper, mm-hmm. I think, in general. So I don't know if I've just reverted back to how I was normally, and I just feel the difference because I was just in a, such a shit place for pretty much the whole of the mm. year and especially after the surgery as well i just felt really glum like i didn't feel depressed but i just felt oh you got yeah i have i'll be two seconds sorry <laughs> um yeah i just i just felt really glum yeah. and i spoke to my counselor because i wanted to talk to him about some other stuff and he told me that anesthetic takes a year to fully come out of your wow. body and he said and also having surgery having <laughs> He was like, you've got people in your body doing mm. things. He said, that takes a lot. That's a lot to get over. That's like a trauma. Yeah, but enough about your personal you life. You have to process it. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, he was like, it just takes a lot. And I was like, I hadn't really... I suppose you don't really think about 
your body in the sense of what your body goes through and how that has an effect on your mental because you're my brain's so full of just what i've got to do every day like i don't and if i feel all right i feel all right so i'll just go straight on like this so i've gone back to the Mm -hmm. gym love it and now i've joined this yoga place and i've just probably done too much and then i was really sick again a couple of weeks ago because i think i probably i need to just chill out a bit and i don't need to be doing everything again it's the the thing i nag you about the most is taking it easy when you're getting back (laughs) into all of these things but again i also understand it as we were discussing i can't remember if it was on mic or off mic but yeah i've injured myself again just going back back to the gym too quickly because i'm like it is addictive and it is good for your mental health i found because i've got a little home gym most mornings I spend some time in there, whether or not it's a big workout or a small workout. Most mornings I spend some time in there, so it's been r- really weird having weeks because I, I default schedule my week like I'll normally record a podcast at eleven rather than any earlier than that because I know I'm doing a bit of a workout and this and that. So I'm now waking up yeah. and just being like, "All right, just wait until my day starts," I guess. <laughs> Swimming or anything? Can you do anything? Um, Any exercise, or have you just got to not do? I think with the back, it's best to not really do anything. I've I've started doing cardio again because that's a nice, easy one. I've got I've got good posture when I'm I'm on my exercise bike and all that kind of thing. I can keep an eye on that and not put anything at risk. So yeah, but again, we're not here to talk about me. Um, Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? That anaesthetic takes longer to get out of your body than Lola or Juno did. Like, how, how how mad is that? It is mad. Yeah. It, yeah. And I, so it's hard with the whole microdosing and the HRT and the everything. I don't, all I know is that I feel really good at the moment. Mm. But I don't know if that's a combination of everything that I'm doing or. Yeah. I don't, I just don't know. And as know, you say, but, I mean, it's, the, it's really hard to gauge because you were feeling l- low, but you'd been through some shit. So are you yes, feeling low yes. just because of that? It's, again, it's I've battled with whether or not to have therapy at a few different points in my life, and I haven't as yet, but, but it's been because every time I've been low, I've been like, well, I've got good reason to be low. Like, it would be weirder if I wasn't low at this point because this has yeah. happened and that has happened. And again, I'm still not convinced it was the right choice at the time. Maybe I, sh- I should have done something, but... It's weird, isn't it? It's hard to gauge those things because if you're feeling down, yeah. it's like, well, you've had two years of unpredictable pain and then major surgery yeah. and a load of other stuff. So yeah, it's warranted. <laughs> but again, yes, it shouldn't no, just be accepted no. either. The fact that you've gone, right, I'll yeah. microdose, I'll do this, I'll find ways to help deal with it is 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 admirable. When I, I was interested in the microdosing, and I just thought I'll give it. I try everything. I've tried everything. I've done Chinese herbs, acupuncture. I do yoga, homeopathy. I will literally give anything mm-hmm. a go because as long as I'm I mean, staying quiet because this is your podcast. Stuff. I'm not no, here to argue with I you know, over these things. But I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I think having trying to take responsibility for your health and actively trying to help yourself is a positive mm-hmm. thing. I, if I got sick, I go to the doctor, yeah. 100%. But I take vitamins, I exercise, I look and see what else is around because why not, mm-hmm. you know? But I would never rely solely on, you know, 
certain things to make you better. But that's it. If things work, then but, they work. It's as simple as that. If they exactly, work for you, exactly, then they work for you. Exactly. It's simple. It doesn't matter and if it's real or not or whatever else, you know. So my sister's now started microdosing. She gets really bad, sad. Is it seasonal? Affective disorder. Affective disorders. Yeah. Yes. She really suffers from it. She started microdosing. She feels brilliant. Amazing. So I said, even if it is placebo, the fact that you feel brilliant is all that matters. Yeah, completely agree. So, and that's how I, yeah, I mean, my mum and dad have started on it as well. Yeah. <laughs> because my dad, they're both getting older mm-hmm. and my mum's got a bit of anxiety and my dad could improve his brain a bit. I mean, since he had a stroke, well, when Lola was a baby, so it'll be 12 years ago next month, he had a mini stroke. And it affected his mental, like his, his conversational skills and stuff and his confidence. Mm-hmm. So if we can just find anything to maybe help prop that up a bit, then... Yeah, it's great. It's positive, yeah, isn't it? So, I 100% agree. Yeah. So I'm, at the moment, I feel great. and I, But I am still a bit like... After I had the surgery and people were asking how I was, I was like, I'm fine, but I just feel weird. And I, I think I just felt weird because I couldn't really believe what I'd been through. Mm. Like, over all of it, like, I can't believe that I was in so much pain and had had to have major surgery and then have my womb removed. Like, yeah. I, I, but now, because now cause I'm back to normal, I'm just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's just all a bit weird, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's incredibly weird. You've but been through a hell of a lot. It's incredibly um, weird. I have. But again, it's... But, I'm all, but I am all yeah. right. And that's the positive of it all again. It's why, you know, I've always been a fan of this podcast because it's good that you're all right, but it's important to talk about the whole journey rather than just go, I'm yes. all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. there we go, yeah. done. Because that's, that's what helped you, talking to people about this yeah. on the podcast genuinely helped yeah. you, you in your process and finding the right route for your diagnosis yeah. and your, your surgery yeah. and whatever else. So... And it's so nice knowing that you're not on your own. Yeah, as, as, as I was going to say, most people th- don't have a podcast w- w- with which to find all this out. So it's great yes. to have yeah, your podcast 100%. that they can hear and kind yeah. of go, "All oh, right, I can I can hear these stories and hear these things and maybe yeah, learn a bit there." Yeah, yeah, but it was yeah, I am all right, and I have I wanted to kind of come back and do the podcast. And recently, like I had cupping the mm-hmm. other day. I haven't told no. you this. Have I told you no. this? Do you know what cupping yep. is? So I had it done the other How was day. It? it was a, yeah, I liked it. I mean, it wasn't a pleasant experience because <laughs> it was like the blood. Yeah, run. so they put kind but of I'm hot have... cups on your body and it yeah. draws the skin and the blood up and the yes removes the toxins yeah. and all that kind of yes silly yeah, talk. Yeah. But yeah, so I the woman I'm having her on the podcast because she's got an amazing story. Yeah. So I met her and had this, and I was like, I need to have her on the podcast. And then, and then there's been a few other people that I'm I've got booked in as well. So I was like, now it's time now to start this again. And also because I want to advertise the shit out of my business mm-hmm. as well, which I started with my best friend. Well, let's well, let's get into that. Yeah. So again, so in I'm going to do a podcast in the midst of all of this. Her. Oh, you did a great. You've done two great podcasts with her in the past, so people done, can go back yeah. and, and listen to them now. With Nicole about her, her basically getting herself out of her own cocaine addiction, mm-hmm. which is still amazes me. 
and during this time well after she kind of came started getting herself clean she invented this head piece that you can sleep in to protect or, your hair. Or, or before we get into it, and you'll get into it more when you do an episode with her, but let's have a yes. brief Nicole yeah. appreciation um, moment. Because again, when you yeah. did that podcast, it was a big thing. Because as stupid yeah. as it sounds, I think you would have always said that she's your best friend, but there were certainly points in her addiction that your relationship was really fraught and it was tough because of 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 how how things were for her. And you again, you talk about it in yeah. the in the episode so for her to have got out of that i think all her dancing stuff is a big part of that she's found something that gives her a focus and gives her justified pride and and confidence and all this kind of thing and then you've both started a business as well and it's just it's an amazing thing having heard those podcasts and known i mean uh, uh, nicole in some way over the years all the ups and downs it's all the more yeah. impressive a story, if you know what I mean. She's absolutely smashed it. Yeah. And also, she has recently started therapy. Mm-hmm. And it's making such a difference. And it's such a delight when I talk to her. And so I, we've got this business. I've been taking care of sending the stock out to people. She did it and sent the wrong things to the the people. (laughs) But instead of her being like, I always do this, I'm so shit, she was like, she understood that she'd made a mistake, but it was okay. It's human error. And it's just little things like Mm -hmm. that. She's just doing really well. She's doing really, really well. Completely agree. um, It has been, it's been really hard starting a business. If I'd have known how hard it was going to be, I probably wouldn't have agreed because she asked me to help her with it because she knew that she couldn't do it on Mm -hmm. her own. And I wanted to get involved because I think it's such an amazing product and I completely believe Mm -hmm. in it. So I was more than happy. And plus I wanted to help her. But if I'd have known how hard it was going to be, and it's not placed too much of a strain on our relationship. It has, we have had a couple of close moments, Mm. which I mean, we've never argued apart from when we didn't talk for six months when she was in the depths of her Oh, that's what I mean. I felt like... When I say there was strains on strains on your relationship, I mean yeah. back then there was there was points where it yeah. was tough. So yeah. Yeah, but that was I felt like I was enabling yeah. her if I didn't, you know, react in some way. Didn't want her to yeah. kill herself. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was my way of being like, I'm not okay with this. But yeah, but it's it's just very stressful. And this is again why I've not really had time to think about the podcast because we're trying to set up something. Yeah in a cost of living crisis (laughs) and it's amazing though again i kind of interrupted your kind of explanation of what the the product is there to just get back onto nicole a bit so so tell tell me about what she came up with and what and what the product is so she she had hair extensions put in just before covid Mm -hmm. so there was no way for her to maintain them so she kind of had to manufacture something because everything that was available on the market wasn't really suitable. So she's basically adapted a product that's already been that's already there, but just so it suited her hair mm-hmm. type more, basically, yeah. is the long and short yeah. of it. But I've been using one and it's improved the quality of my hair. I've got heavily processed hair and I'm now growing it because I can because it's not breaking off anymore. Mm. Juno, my daughter's hair, 
we used to have crying battles every morning where because her hair was so knotty because kids move around so much in the mm. night and her hair just used to mat at the back i don't even brush her hair in the morning mm. now because it's it doesn't need it it's it's a really it's an amazing product but we will i'm not going to go on about it too much because you'll do a full episode but but but, but what you yeah, do is the is is the cold. full you do head covers head scarves head, head, head wraps, wraps and yeah. and pillows head, well yeah head pillowcases we've got um satin lined beanies that are just being produced oh, wow, now which means that they're, they're amazing yeah. i'll give yeah. you one um and they're really nice hats as well we do scrunchies and there's one scrunchie it's called the scrunchie legs which you basically it's a scrunchie with like two legs that you can bow or have hanging yeah. down and we also want to take over the world and make bedding and kimonos and there's loads of stuff we want to do i want to open a gym and a yoga studio as well yeah to do with proudest well, so we're going to take over the world but it's just when you do kimonos if you want me and whiffing to come on ball to show the good it does for your body hair and how we used to wake up our body hair would be so dry and it'd take ages to comb whereas now <laughs> that'd be a really good now, idea. now we wake up and it's just flowing beautifully and they're all silky yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah that's but it's all i mean it's amazing and it's exciting yeah. but it's a lot yeah as you well yeah, know yeah all all, you know, all businesses are so, a lot. Starting a business is a lot. The learning yeah. curve of a business is a lot. Particularly, oh, ironically, yes. when it's successful. And you guys have had great success yeah. off the back because it is a really good good product. But that means yeah. it's harder because straight away you're into, yeah. oh, we're having to ship this amount or we're talking to this company and that company and we don't really know what we're fucking talking about and we have to pretend we do kind of thing. It's yes. I've been in so many of those situations of trying to read the room and give the impression yeah. that you know what you're doing until you do know what you're doing you know so yeah yeah but it's lovely it's lovely doing it with her because I'm so proud of her and obviously we've known each other since we were 16 mm. and she's like my sister essentially yeah. well she's you know my mum dad have kind yeah. of adopted her unofficially so it is it's lovely building something with her and she's so clever and good at what she does because she's been a hairdresser for 30 years mm -hmm. so she knows exactly what she's talking about so it's it's an honor that she's asked me to do it but it is also it's i don't know why i've said yes <laughs> but people can, can find out <laughs> on top of everything obviously else, i said you, you're going to do a podcast about it but for now people yes, can follow you on socials um it's proudess yes. p-r-o-u-d-e-s-s -S, right yes well, three S's on the three socials. Three S's on the socials. Because the two S was already Dickheads, taken. Dickheads, but yeah. But we're, yeah, but I'll, I'm going to, we're going to sponsor the podcast. Great. Yeah. But yeah, so there's just been, yeah, there's just been a lot going on. Well, to, to, to kind of wrap things up, you spoke about how you're generally a positive person. You're not quick to anger. Let's talk a little bit about the CSA. <laughs> Oh, okay, yeah. So <laughs> and so how that's that, how that demeanor is tested <laughs> um, over the years. <laughs> I don't want to go in too much into detail, yeah. but one thing I would like this: I started this podcast as a single parent to speak positively about being a single parent because if you know, I was in a bad situation and my life has improved greatly now. 
it's not always the end of the world. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But I would just like to say that however you end, if you do end your relationship, the first thing you must do, no matter how well you think you know the person or how good your relationship or amicable it is, you have to get the child support agency involved in your financial matters because if anything happens down the line, you can't do anything about anything unless you involve the CSA and they will only go back to yeah. here. Now, bearing that in mind, I still haven't gone to the CSA because they are useless. Yeah. <laughs> if I had involved them from the beginning, it would be different. But now, if you're if you're employed by a company, the CSA can take the money directly from out of your wages. Mm -hmm. So that's it. If you're self-employed, you have to voluntarily pay the money. Mm -hmm. And I'm of the thinking that if I was going to get paid, I'd get paid. If I, for me to get an agency involved to tell someone that they've got to pay me, they still don't have to pay me because the CSA aren't going to do anything. Yeah. And I've, I've known a lot of people that have experienced this, so it's not just yeah. me saying there's no point. There's no point. And also, I I spoke to my therapist about what's been going on with my girl's dad because I just needed... I know that I need to let go of it because the only... This is what I was thinking. When I was ill at Christmas, I had, I had a sinus infection. I had the worst headache I've ever had. For like two days, I was in bed. Mm. And I was just kept thinking, the only stress I have in my life is is my relationship with that person. Yeah. So I just, but that's that's on me because it's how I respond to it. Do you know what I mean? So I just want to let it go and just not let it bother me. But it's like, it's hard to do that when you're constantly reminded daily of why you feel like mm -hmm. that. You know, there's always a reminder of why or something for you to get angry about. So I was just like, I just need to cut all, to all ties and just let it go just let go whatever's happened let go of all the money just let go mm -hmm. and when i spoke to my counselor he he experiences this with so many women that unfortunately go through the same thing yeah and he was like you can't win it's like you're fighting a monster you just can't win mm. you've just got to let go and just stop trying basically which i know is what i've got to do yeah. but i feel like for me now to go to the csa there's no point. I just think if I'm going to get the money, I'll get the money. And if I'm not, I'm not. But there's no point antagonising. Do you know what I mean? That's how I see it will be. Mm. It'll be and so I've just got to admit the defeat. But I, I do think if I'd known what I'd known now, I would 100% have got them involved in the beginning. I mean, my friend actually took them to court because her, she knew how much her ex-partner earned and she also was aware of how often he had their daughter and he lied, but the CSA would not do anything about it. She works for a very wealthy person who basically paid for her to take the CSA to court yeah. and she won and then they changed. I'm not in that position mm -hmm. and I haven't got the energy or the desire. It's so unfair that anything to do with these matters like with your children whatever it's all family court family court will only recognize the csa with financial matters and that's the end of it i had a long conversation with a solicitor who basically said i'm fucked yeah. do you know yeah. what i mean and that's you know whatever but it is so unfair because women are unfortunately the ones in most cases who end up suffering mm -hmm. i'm the sole 
carer for my children you know everything that they have I'm paying for all the clubs and all the shit and everything but there's no there's just nothing I can do to get help with Mm. that do you know what I mean and it's so unfair and that's that's the thing that that bothers me is the fact that I couldn't just wake up tomorrow morning and be like do you know what I'm going to give up my jobs and I'm going to follow my dream of becoming an actor Mm. and go to acting school Mm. Because everyone would be, and I, what, what about the kids? Do you know what I mean? All right, no need to have a dig at me. <laughs> yeah, no, I completely understand. Like, and again, it's... Because I couldn't do that because I've got responsibilities. Yeah. And I can't, I mean, I could let go of those responsibilities, but why on earth would I do that? It's, but that's it's, what I'm like, it's, it's not It's fair that, that thing that for the, the primary that. caregiver, and to be clear, 80% of single parents are women, so it is generally a gender issue here. Um, for the primary caregiver, none of that stuff's a choice. For the secondary caregiver, it's a choice. It's to exactly. go, well, um, I'm a bit skint this month, so I can't contribute. You don't have that choice. You don't have no. the choice to be a bit skint this month and you can't contribute. You need yeah. to find the money. You need to find a way. Whereas the secondary caregiver yep. has that. They can turn around and go, yeah. it's been a rough time, actually. You yeah. you can't. It can't be a rough yeah. time, actually, for, for you. Yeah. If you were in that situation, you would have to go and drive for Domino's part-time or do whatever else because you wouldn't have yeah. an option. Whereas the well, secondary caregiver the, has that. You- yeah. You know, I've, there's always something. Um, I always find things to do. I've set up this business. I mean, I've set up the business. wasn't obviously we want. We, Nicole's a single mum. Mm-hmm. She works all the hours. God sends cutting hair. She's living hand to mouth. You know, the times are really hard at the moment. But we will always try and work more. And hopefully, this business will sort us out mm-hmm. financially. Even if it just brings us in some money every month whatever it does is going to help but we both work constantly I don't have a day Mm -hmm. off I work every day Mm. you know it's and it's it's the unjustness that's what does me is the unjustness of it because it's like it's not fair Mm. that this is the case but unfortunately that's how it is and but I just I need to let go of it yeah (laughs) I'm hoping the yoga will help I mean I am better than I was I whenever it because I used to think about it all the time and like it just used to wind me up so much and now whenever I think about it I'm like no I'll allow two minutes a day Mm. of when I just go a little Mm. yeah and then I'm like no because all it all I'm doing is winding myself up do you ever and write any of your feelings or angers down because I know that that not necessarily on the same subject but with my insomnia over the years particularly it's it's normally based around if i've got a lot on work wise and i find if i wake up and n- note some of it down it gets it out of my head a little bit do you know what i mean it gives okay. it that process yeah. it's it's the same with like we've talked before about the, S- the samaritans and my mum's work there and a the thing that they do at the yeah. end of the shift is offloading is they ring an off-duty samaritan who's there for for the offloading and they tell them how they're feeling and what's happened and it allows them to leave it behind rather than take it home with them and all of that so there might be a good a good process there of some sort of just 
getting it out. I know it's helped in the past when yeah. you've put it all in a big angry email to your ex or whatever because it's it's getting it off your chest. Yeah. But there's probably part of that where you don't need to send it. Like you can you can get yes, this yeah, off yeah, your yeah. chest and out of your head by right. Send, ra- send it to me. I'm always up for reading it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Maybe things like that could could help as yeah. well. But again, it's great to hear just- you in a place where you're at least aware of all of this, if you know what I mean. Yeah, so, and that's a step I, I again, it's, it's all, yeah. it's never as easy. There's loads of it that I sit there going, I've been telling you this for fucking ages, but I it know. doesn't make a difference. <laughs> it's, it's, it's completely different to hear it than to be able to action it. It's the whole thing of it's far easier yeah. to give other people advice than to take your own advice. It's, yes. it's that thing. Yeah. So, um, and it is just that letting, I just need to let it go. Yeah. I just need to do it. And I know that I need to do it and I want to do it, but I just, I've just got to flip that switch. But I think whatever. it's not even but, a switch. Know? I think it's a dimmer switch because you're already getting far, you're already far better th- yes. at it than you yeah, were. Yeah, yeah. So it's just yeah. continuing yeah, to turn true. that switch. It's not a case yeah. of I've not done it yet. You're already far better yeah. at not letting it all get to you. Um, you're on the is right path. You continue that I along. Just need to do it every yeah, day. Exactly. Exactly. You keep doing your yoga. Yeah, maybe. I'll keep doing my... Uh... I'll try my best. <laughs> I'm surprisingly flexible for a man of my size, okay? So, well, you know. Yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, is that everything that we've we've got to catch up on? I think so. Yeah. I hope that this conversation gives you, or the moments after this as it's processing or converting or whatever, gives you a moment to appreciate and pat yourself on the back for what you've been through and got through in the last year because this has been like a 90 minute conversation because it's been a lot and it's and we've we've skimmed the surface on some of it so the fact that throughout that the girls have been doing amazing at school the girls have in this last year or two you you can see the change in them and the, the you know the little women that they're becoming there's so much to be proud of in in spite of everything you've had to get through on top of that. So hopefully yeah, you'll be able yeah, to kind of yeah. have a look and go, fucking hell, yeah, that has been a lot, hasn't it? Again, it's mad to me that this is a year since the last podcast because it feels like so much. And yeah. yet you've continued to do yeah. all this. And yes, I said, you've started a business, you know. But it's, it's weird... It's weird because I loved doing the podcast mm. and I did so much and then all of a sudden I just didn't do it. And then it- There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 
Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Wasn't, I didn't, I didn't miss it, but it was just like, oh, I'm just not yeah. doing it. And now I'm doing it again. It's funny how you kind of adapt. Yeah, I tell you what's good, and this is a weird, or no, it's not that weird a comparison. I When I kind of, stopped on twitch for a bit because of some stuff i've had going on this past year but we're not doing a podcast about that um (laughs) going back to twitch has been really good because i've gone back with my own mental health as a focus as a priority i miss streaming but i'm not going back going oh i have to stream on these days every week this 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 it's like if i can i will and I'll enjoy it. Yeah. If I can't, that's fine. And I think that that's how you need to approach the podcast as well. We all know yes. that consistency yeah. is key yeah. and blah, 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 blah. But st- stopping the podcast was key for you at the time. Yes. You know, it's been yeah. really important in this past year to stop. So go back w- w- with that excitement that if you're doing it every other week, w- wicked. Yeah, that's what I'm, if, my if, plan is. I'm yeah. going to try and do it every other yeah. week. At least once a month, yeah. I reckon. I mean, I have, like I said, I've got a few more episodes planned to record, and then there's people that I want to touch, get back in touch with that I'd kind of planned to record with, and then it just hadn't worked out. And then I'm just going to see how it mm. goes. But I just, I wanted to tap back into it because I do, I love talking, and I do enjoy it. And why yeah. not? I mean, if it gives me. Me a break from long voice notes, then fucking cracking. Let's get on. <laughs> well, well th- thank you for all having right. me on to kind of chat with you about it all. Thank you very much for talking to me about it with everything. You oh. struggled with that sentence, but yeah, perfect ending, really. I really did. Yeah. Right. There we go. Bye. I've been doing for a year and a half. Um, I am okay now. <laughs> um, so yeah, but if you if you have been affected by any of the topics we've discussed, then please reach out to me. I'm more than happy to talk to you about anything and everything. As I said earlier, check out Proudess. You'll be helping support two really hard-working single parents. And so you're not only getting products that will help enrich your life, save your time in the morning. I mean, these are all good things. But also you'll be supporting a small independent business who works really hard and really appreciates it. Every sale we make, our hearts do a little dance. Not literally. I mean, maybe they do. I don't know. But yeah, so... Check us out. Like I said, I'm going to do a podcast. Hopefully, it'll be the next one. I just need to, we need to actually record it because obviously, where we're so busy. But I, busy is a good thing. I'm not going to moan. And I know everyone's busy. So, thank you for taking the time out today to listen to me going on about my problems. <laughs> Big love to you. I've missed this. I've missed you all. 
I hope you're all good. Let me know what you've been doing. What have you been doing for the last year? I hope everything is good for you. Oh, I've got a kitten. You would have heard her purring. That's very exciting. And also I haven't still explained to you about what happened to my dog, but I will, I'll talk to that. I will talk about that maybe with Nicole because she loves her dog. But yeah, anyway, big love to you. Have an amazing day and I'll see you next, well, maybe not next week. I think I'm going to go every other week because it is just a bit hectic now. But maybe I'll just do them as and when. I don't know, but sometimes it's nice to have a bit of mystery, isn't it? It'll be a little surprise for you. But if you subscribe, then you will always get the podcast automatically. So wherever you get your podcasts, go to my podcast and hit subscribe. And that'd be a really nice thing to do. Anyway, love you lots. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.